0: Welcome to the Talking Freelance Podcast. If you're new to freelancing or looking to maximize your success on platforms like Upwork, you're in the right place. Each week, we invite industry experts and freelance superstars where we unpack their strategies and hear their stories on how they launched and grew their own freelance businesses. Here's your host, a successful entrepreneur, freelancer, and success strategist, Leah Myers. Welcome to this week's episode of the Talking Freelance Podcast. I have
1: Dr. Dan Lathan here with me today. He is a neuroscience scientist who focuses as a brain coach. So I will let you go ahead and introduce yourself. Thank you so much for joining me today.
2: Hello, Leah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm Dr. Dan, but you can just call me Dan. Um, I am a former neuroscientist technically because I converted my career kind of in the middle of my neuroscience PhD, and started a business as a brain coach. So I can really understand all the you know freelance and entrepreneur mindsets that your audience probably cares about. Because I've been there, I have been working on my own business for about four years now. And basically, what I'm trying to do with my business is I use what we know about neuroscience and help people to upgrade their brains. So especially professionals who, you know, these Brain skills, these core skills can be so important to their success. And these are things like focus, learning and memory, emotional management, which we're going to talk about today, um, habits and time management, all these skills that are so central in our brain. And we really need to improve them if we want to have greater success in our careers and in our businesses. Um, a lot of people like an example that I came up with one day because I was riding my bike home and I realized that you know, athletes, they rely on their bodies for success. They need them to be optimized to top performance. They just need them to, to work well. And so they have all these coaches and trainers and tools. And I realized as I was riding my bike, why don't we have something like that for all of us that use our mental skills for success? So all of you listening, I'm sure you, you don't <laughs> need your bodies optimized so much as you need your brains optimized. You need to figure out how I can really operate best within my own brain to succeed in my freelance work. And so that is what I try to do is I try to help people to improve their brains so that they can have greater success.
1: I love that. I think that's so important because you're, you're completely right. So I, um, work an average of, you know, 40 to 50 hours a week. And so one thing that I do mm-hmm. is I really have to figure out ways to protect my brain to make sure that I'm fresh, that make sure that I'm focused, make sure that mm-hmm. I have my every my brain, my headspace is clear and ready to work for clients. But it's mm-hmm. not as high of a priority to make sure, like if I don't hit my 10,000 a day step goal, am I bummed and annoyed about it? Yeah, but it's the first thing that will go when – I'm in a crazy, like if I have a lot of client work, if I have a lot of, like a lot of heavy deadlines and things like that, that's the first thing that goes. So I think that mm-hmm, that's, mm-hmm. I love that analogy. So will you share like how you got into this, like where your your excitement came from just studying the brain, studying and becoming a brain coach?
2: For sure. It really started a long time ago when I realized that the brain is at the crossroads of everything we do. So it's it's a combination of physiology and biology and chemistry and sociology and everything that and that we experience in life is all is happening in our brains (laughs) because it affects our relationships it affects our how we feel physically it affects how we um are productive or not (laughs) and it's just so essential essential so central to everything that we do that that's when i first really got interested so that's why i did the phd But then during my PhD, like I said, I kind of realized I just wasn't helping people like I wanted to. I wasn't helping people apply it. And and I think that, you know, if we can really understand our brains and learn to work with them better, it changes everything in our life. It changes our career success and it changes just how we feel on a day-to-day level, if we feel good and happy and productive or not.
1: Yeah, I love that. Um, So from a neuroscience um, point of view, What exactly are emotions and why do we have them? And so the stem of this question is really like, how do we get to understand our emotions and feelings that will lead us into success as a freelancer? So that's kind of a two-part
2: question. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I I think I'll start with the second part. So we need to understand our emotions because they can either be our worst enemy or our best friend. (laughs) I so would 100% I'm sure, agree
1: with
2: that. <laughs> Yeah, right. We've all experienced this where we have days where our emotions are just all over the place. And, you know, maybe we just feel like crap. And we feel no motivation, no focus. We maybe snap at people that we should be nice to. We, we don't make progress on things that are important to us. And it can just wreck your whole day if you're feeling like crap. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, Because they're not all bad, of course. So on the other hand, you can have days where you just feel amazing. You feel happy and driven and motivated and and focused. Sometimes even when you're feeling what are quote unquote bad emotions, and we'll get into that later, I think. But even if you're feeling something like anger or sadness or um, confusion or anything, you don't have to let that stop you. It can actually help your progress that day. It can help your business success, if you Mm -hmm. know how to manage it in the right way. And so there's a huge difference though, to get to the first part of your question, there's actually a huge difference between emotions and feelings. So this is kind of a little known fact, but in the science community, we talk about them differently. Um, Even though in the rest of this interview, I might refer to them synonymously because we just always do. (laughs) That's what our culture is used to. But right now I want to explain that There's a big difference because emotions are actually a physical, physiological, bodily response. So they're instinctual, they're automatic, they're universal. We all experience them very similarly. And it's things like happiness, sadness, fear, disgust, anger. Have you ever seen the Inside Out movie, Leah? I
1: have, yep. It's a great one. Yeah,
2: so it's basically all those characters. Those are our core emotions. And your body has these specific responses kind of programmed in. Where it will release stress hormones if if we're facing fear. It will release endorphins when we feel happy. Um, it will actually change the neurotransmitters that are released so that we can feel more oxytocin if we're feeling close and connected to people. Uh, it also works with totally different branches of our nervous systems, where the sympathetic nervous system is your fight or flight, and it's a stress response. <laughs> you know that's going to feel very different than the like parasympathetic activation. That's where you feel good, you're resting, you're digesting, you're feeling social. And so we have these core emotional responses, but that's all different than feelings. So feelings are actually your mind's subjective interpretation of those emotions, which means it can be those you know same emotions we mentioned of just, I'm feeling sad, I feel angry, but it can be so much more complex too. It can be this complex combo and it can be more irrational, just kind of, based on our experience of what we're expecting, of what we've been culturally raised to um, think we should be feeling in a moment. And there's so many different ways to describe these feelings. So it, it might be things that are more like confused or hurt or betrayed or bitter or hopeless or hopeful or ecstatic or optimistic. And there's so many different feelings words that it gets a little confusing if we're talking about, well, how should I respond to my feelings well? Because there's like hundreds. <laughs> it's very mm-hmm. hard. Very hard to re- respond to hundreds of different things well. But thankfully, we, those feelings pretty much all funnel down. They condense down into the same set of emotions, which is a lot more limited. So a lot of those negative things that I just mentioned would funnel down into just fear or anger mm-hmm. or happy.
1: And I think everybody processes their emotions differently. Like everyone, like, and I would say their feel like how they process their emotions is how it comes out in their feelings. Like I think sometimes mm-hmm. when I am fearful of a situation, I come off as annoyed or angry. And other times I come out as like hopeless or stressed.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. There's, it's, it's complicated because what we think is really at the root of our feelings Might really not be. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, like, especially the the more unpleasant ones. So if you're getting angry, well, are you really angry because, like, something has made you mad? Or is is the real thing more that you're kind of scared or you're frustrated or you're stressed and overwhelmed? And so then when somebody does the tiniest thing wrong, maybe, you know, when somebody on your staff does the tiniest thing wrong and then you just freak out. You get angry. But that's not because... You're really angry at them. It's just because it's releasing some other feelings that you're having.
1: Right. For sure. So right. how do um so how do those emotions like how do we really tie that into um learning how to process them? Like, do you have any tips and tricks how people can instantly like recognize um their emotions that are coming through as feelings and kind of reshape them so it can like implement some change? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm
2: absolutely it's a great question because we really want to be able to respond to our emotions in a way that helps us so if you're you're having a great day or a rough day we want either way we want to use that to help you have an even better day and thus have more success and, and I think it really starts with understanding why we even have emotions honestly because if you don't know why we have emotions, then you're like, I hate this. It's, it's holding me back. I hate it. <laughs> and all that's going to do is make things worse. <laughs> and so I want to explain, like, we have emotions for an evolutionary reason, which is to protect us and to help us. And there, there's a few reasons they do that. One is because it helps us relate to other people and helps us to connect with other people so we can have more connection in our tribe back in the day so that we can stay safe. stay connected, stay safe. Uh, Nowadays, that's obviously not as big of a thing. (laughs) But there's still a core function of emotions, which is to help us get our needs met. So when you're feeling some, some emotion that's maybe unpleasant, it's telling you that something's not well with you. That there's something that is not feeling safe. There's something that is not feeling happy. And so the emotions is this Data, you know, I'm I'm a scientist, so I think of it in kind of data that we get. This data from our bodies and our brains that tells us that something's not well, and so they exist to kind of give us this push to change something that needs changing. And so, in terms of responding to it, it's important, really critical, that we have a positive relationship with our emotions. First of all, that's, and in, in a minute, I can get more into some nitty-gritty you know, processes we can use to help us respond well. But on a on a more general level, you have to start with a positive relationship with your emotions and recognize that they're not inherently bad. So some some might feel kind of bad like hurt, but some things don't feel inherently bad, like anger. Like does it feel ang- does, does it feel bad when you get angry with somebody? Well, it, it not if you're Getting angry at them for a good reason. What if you're, you know, protecting somebody that you care about? And so you get angry at somebody that's hurting them. That doesn't feel bad. It feels good. And so right. like have you experienced that, Leah, where yeah. <laughs> something like anger um, can actually feel good?
1: Yeah. So I have um two teenagers and sometimes they just get at each other and like I get angry or frustrated with one because I'm protecting the other one. And it doesn't like mm-hmm. it feels good for me that I'm addressing the situation. Um so I don't take that emotion as being bad. I feel like it's being the helpful fixer person that guidance that they they need at
2: that time. Mhm. Mhm. Exactly. Yep. So sometimes letting ourselves feel those things can actually feel good because of the good that it accomplishes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's really important to realize that there's no bad or inherently harmful emotions. Our reactions to them can be bad or harmful. <laughs> like like if we're, you know, um, I've heard the term skunking. If we're just spraying them out, spraying our crap out on a, everyone around us, that can be bad and harmful. But the emotion okay. itself is not. And so I, there's actually a powerful truth, a key that we have to understand if you want good emotional health that, in order to succeed. And that truth is this. Emotions are what you experience. They're not what you are. And I'll say that again, emotions are something that you experience, they're not something that you are.
1: I love that because for me when I first started freelancing or started working from home, all the time, I've kind of became this introverted hermit, almost like that feeling of like not having really <laughs> mm-hmm. anything social. Um, and so, I would really have to do a good job of getting in under my emotions under control from those transition periods. So, I've always picked my kids mm-hmm. up from school, and the reason I've done that is because it allows me to close my computer. It allows me to get in my vehicle, have this decompression time sit in the school pickup line that other parents find very frustrating. I find it as like, it's peace and quiet. It's to myself. I can listen to a podcast or I can listen to some music or I can just sit there in silence, whatever I need emotionally to transition to be that mom that those kids are going to need the second that they open the door, the car door. So my daughter's still Mm -hmm, 15. mm but she's 15. And so I still pick her up from school. And so I know that the second that she opens that car door, I need to make sure that I am disconnected from whatever I was doing, whatever I was working on. So I can give her my full attention because she will literally get in the car and spew. It takes her about a mile down the road before she'll finally take her first breath some days where she's just (laughs) decompressing herself. And that's my job as her mom to like, listen, and so if I don't take mm-hmm. that and get in control of my emotions, the way that she comes in my car with the high energy and excitement, and frustration, whatever her emotions are going through, I cannot help her process those or I cannot, I am not a good person for her to be around because it's like these mm-hmm. this emotional train wreck of us getting together. And so yes. when that happens, <laughs> it sets the whole night and evening up for a complete chaos in my household. But it's when I take Uh that time uh to really decompress my emotions from whatever I was working on in the day, I'm allowed, I'm allowing my emotions to be what they, what she needs to be helpful, supportive. And that's truly why I freelance, you know, so I can be there Uh for my kids when they need me, how they need me. And so it's, it's my responsibility to make sure that I'm in control, but that is definitely not how it's always been. I mean, I've been working (laughs) completely from home behind a computer screen every single day since 2018, you know, so it's been almost mm-hmm. six years, um, where I've had to learn this and it's, it, it did not start off smooth at all. It was, we had a lot of emotional train wreck evenings in my household until I got a grip is what I basically right. refer to it.
2: Right. <laughs> Yes. That story is so relatable. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Because- because you touched on a couple of important things one being that you know we have to be in a good place ourselves if we're going to support somebody else mm-hmm. um, another being that that acceptance is so key uh, accepting somebody else's emotions accepting our own emotions we have to have that compassion for ourselves and for others for just being human and mm-hmm. let ourselves and let other people be human too for sure and and I love that you kind of touched upon this, that transitions are especially difficult. So I've experienced this myself, um, kind of similarly to you, where, I, you know, I went from in my PhD, started my business. Well, still in my PhD. <laughs> that, that was a rough time. And then, <laughs> and then once I finished the PhD, it just transitioned into full business, totally independent for the first time in my life. And that was... Yeah, that was a really emotional time. <laughs> and we had stuff going on in our home too, of just like little kids and you know, all these things that add to this kind of emotional roller coaster when you're in these transitions. And it's just, oh my gosh, like one day I'm feeling so hopeful and excited and optimistic and, and driven. And the next day I'm just like, This is not going to work. I'm going to fail. <laughs> and my life is miserable and what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. And it's so important to let ourselves feel what we need to feel um mm-hmm. and maybe this is a good chance to get into the, the next um, thing that i ever referenced of like what can we actually do to help us process these emotions <laughs> yeah. because what, what we don't want is to let them get stuck in us we don't want right. an emotion that could have just been okay i felt crappy for an hour and then i got back on my feet we don't want that to drag on for the whole day or for days or for weeks Mm -hmm. and, you know, get stuck in them because they're not inherently bad, but your response to them can be harmful. (laughs) If you're really stuck in it, that's one way that it can be harmful.
1: Yeah. And I've learned to put boundaries around some emotions like if I have a client that just randomly is like done with a project, like middle of the project, like I had one um, a few months ago that I was working with, and I was really excited about their project. It was a, it was exactly what I wanted to do. She was my ideal client. Um, the task uh-huh. list was great. I was having a lot of fun with it, and then all of a sudden one day she's like, "Yep, I, d- I decided I don't want to do this anymore." And my contract literally uh-huh. ended at a moment's notice, and so she- I allowed myself to have that. That, um, that time to process but then i set a deadline okay i'm gonna let this affect me today because this was a huge blow it was a huge income loss but then tomorrow like i'm coming up with a plan how am i going to replace that income what am i going to do how am i going to fill in those gaps of whatever uh-huh. like uh-huh. where that client on that task list checked the boxes that i needed and wanted for that client how am i going to replace that so it's a it for me it's it's allowing a time because I I have been in some situations where my pity party or my emotions get the best of me and it draws on for far too long. And so Mm -hmm. I've had to just Mm -hmm. draw a line in the sand of like acknowledging where I'm at emotionally, but then how am I going to get over it? And it's usually like sitting down, doing a brainstorm session of how I'm going to get over this. And then just literally like put the pedal to the metal and I'm like going trudging through it, you know, like mm-hmm. I live in Minnesota. So it's, it's the same thing. Like when we have like snowstorms here, sometimes you just got to put it in four wheel drive and trudge through or you're going to get stuck. And so <laughs> like, mm-hmm. how, how fast are you going to go through this where, before you're going to get stuck? And so that's kind mm-hmm. of what mm-hmm. I've learned to do, um, to just make sure that I am not having that pity party or not being in this emotional mess in my head, for too long, where it affects other things in life.
2: Right, right. And I love what you said that it's it's all about kind of how long, because there's, you know, you're letting yourself feel it, it sounds like, which is excellent, because you have to let yourself mm-hmm. feel it, or guess what, you actually get stuck in it worse. And so, mm-hmm. like, there's this balance where we can um, let ourselves feel things just enough and process it just enough that then we can feel better overall. That's really the goal, right, is to feel better overall. And if we, um, sometimes that means we have to feel a little worse right now to let ourselves feel it, <laughs> feel the crappy feelings, like if you lose a great deal. And then that lets us feel better this afternoon and or tomorrow. Whereas if we mm-hmm. don't respond well, if we don't process it well, then we're probably still going to feel crappy this afternoon and tomorrow, maybe the next day. Yeah. And, and there's a, there's a few things that we really don't want to do when we're responding to emotions. And one of them is, like, repress them. Don't avoid them. Don't pretend they don't exist. There's actually something called the white bear effect in psychology, where if you try not to think about something or try not to feel something, it just comes back stronger. <laughs> and so we don't want that. That We want to let ourselves feel it. We don't want to release in a way that hurts others or ourselves, like the skunking that I mentioned earlier. Mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Because that can just cause problems. We don't want a shame spiral. Sometimes this one's hard to avoid. But if you blame yourself for feeling something like, like, and this is what I mentioned earlier, it's so important to accept just the presence of your emotions. Because if you blame yourself and say, I shouldn't be feeling this. This is stupid. I, sh- I should be more productive right now. That shame that's kind of self-shaming just makes it worse. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: And then. I mean, this uh,
1: is... Oh, go uh-huh. ahead. Go ahead.
2: Oh, yeah, I was just going to say that there's one other thing that I want to touch upon that affects a lot of people, unfortunately, that being aware that sometimes our emotional responses are trauma responses. And that's where we can really get stuck in fight, flight, or freeze responses if it's triggering something from a traumatic past. And these are kind of just like automatic responses that your brain does because it learned that it needed to in order to feel safe. And so when that happens, we really want to practice compassion, really want to practice patience, and also work on healing that trauma so there's a whole bunch of different healing modalities um you know trauma therapy and everything similar to it and if so if you have consistent deep stress responses that you just can't control and can't get out of by yourself then that's when we really want to bring in some other trauma specialist help just wanted to throw that out there (laughs) because it's affected me it affects my wife it affects so many people
1: yeah Um, I think this is a great transition. You have a resource available um, that the audience is going to have the option to download, and it's the Neuroscientist's Guide to Healthy Responding to Emotions and Triggers. Um, Do you want to share just a little bit more details about that? And then we'll put the link for them to download that in the show notes and anything else that you want to share.
2: Okay, absolutely. So yeah, this, this resource really has two parts. It's a, first of all, the seven levels of responding to emotions and triggers in a better way. And that on the very basic level, level one is just recognizing that you're feeling it, which is great. The top level is, wow, I'm so aware and have planned for and practiced at responding to this emotion or this trigger that I can actually prevent it from becoming a problem before it even becomes a problem. <laughs> yep. and, and that's not to say, of course, that all emotions are problems. You'll still feel emotions sometimes. You'll still, like difficult emotions sometimes, and we still want to feel as many positive emotions as we can. Um, but essentially, what this is trying to do is make it so that we can manage our emotions so much that we feel more of what we want to feel more often, so that we can feel good more often. So that, that's the first part. The second awesome. part is just some reflection questions to help you do that, to help you improve how you respond to emotions. And I want to real quick give a little outline of what that entails. So there's something called the RAIN method, which is recognize, that's the R, allow, that's the A, investigate, that's the I, and nurture, the N. And this, this method really helps us to respond to emotions in a positive way. So the, the R is recognized because we really want to just accept, like notice and accept what we're feeling, and really specifically, um, notice what the actual feeling is, not just I feel bad, but maybe I feel confused, I feel hurt, I feel disappointed, I feel anxious. Get more specific with what exactly you're feeling and how it feels in your body. Um, the A allows, so that's really letting yourself feel it, sit with it, feel it, and release it in healthy ways. We, you know, we've talked about some unhealthy ways to release it, but healthier ways to release those emotions can be things like shaking, Actually, so animals—they don't feel very anxious or traumatized, even though they fight for their life every day, because they shake after anything that's stressful. Exercise can be absolutely game-changing for processing emotions. Uh, Write and burns—that's where you can write out all your nasty emotions and then burn it or rip it up or otherwise destroy it. You can punch something—not—not people, but but you can punch pillows, punch punching bags. You can break things if it's something that nobody will care about. I like smashing things once in a while. You can go out into a field and yell. You can smash out some notes on a piano or an instrument you can listen to and sing along with like emotional or angry music that fits your mood. You can also just talk it out with someone, some a supportive friend, loved one, or a therapist. And those are all excellent ways to allow this feeling in your body so that you can move through it. Um, Investigate, that's about really exploring the emotion with curiosity and openness. So notice how it feels in your body. Notice also maybe what are the beliefs that kind of bring this emotion up? Like, why was that particular event triggering? Uh, Maybe there are experiences from your past that, or even traumatic things, or how you were raised that makes it so that you really feel this emotion strongly in this moment where maybe not everyone would have. and are there ways that this emotion is still helping you right now? Like, it maybe helped you in the past, and is it maybe still helping you? Both of those are important to recognize so that you can more appreciate and accept it. And then nurture is about self-compassion and self-care. So do what you need to do to like, and I think you gave a good example, Leah. if you have a huge disappointment, maybe you just need to take an hour off and let yourself go soak in a bath or something. <laughs> just, and so that you can feel better and not just have this like unpleasantness stuck in you. Mm -hmm. And the other huge part of nurturing is making sure that whatever unmet need led to this emotion in the first place, make sure that there's a way that you can meet that need better in the future. Maybe you need to make requests to specific people around you. This could be like employees or family members or whoever that if they did something that really bothers you, can you just make a specific request? Hey, I would like you to do this different in the future. Or maybe if they can't meet that need, maybe somebody else needs to. So mm-hmm. like my um, my wife is sometimes not in a good place where she can like have fun or relax as much as I would like. <laughs> and so sometimes I just get that me- need partially met somewhere else with good friends or family that are that have an easier time just letting go. And the reverse mm-hmm. happens too that, too, that I'm not as good at meeting her emotional needs as she would like. So she sometimes does that elsewhere with good friends or um, counselors or whoever it might be. And so together that is, you know, that's helping us to really meet our needs so that we can nurture ourselves, which makes it so much easier to move forward and feel good. So that's the, that's the RAIN method, which that resource will help guide people through so they can apply it.
1: That's awesome. I think that's gonna be super helpful. Um, and something that you can keep going back to time after time until you figure out how you process. And even when you do figure it out, if you have these new emotions or new things that come up, I feel like it's a it's an ongoing resource that can be very helpful.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's it's designed to be every time you like a new you know, emotion comes up that you feel like is holding you back in any way, yeah. then you can do this again.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um do you have yes, anything
2: else you would like to share? Um, I'd just like to, I guess, share that I have a extra special um, resource that I think could be helpful to your listeners because you know it's, when we're starting up a business, it can be so lonely sometimes and difficult to know how to okay. proceed on our own. It's like, you're doing it all your, on your own. Nobody's telling you what to do. Nobody's really helping you. Um, and so with that in mind, I have a, a, a resource on a revolutionary 3D platform where I'm actually taking everything we know about neuroscience to help professionals build core skills together. So in the near future, I'll be launching a learning and memory reprogram where people can actually progress through a 3D course on their browser that teaches them all all the skills that they need to 10x their memory. And that can include memorizing people's names easier, remembering what you hear from podcasts and books easier, learning new fields easier how, how helpful was that if you're you know, entering a new mm-hmm. a new field of business you need to be able to learn it quickly and you can do that all together because it's actually um, has the options of being an interactive experience where you go through it with peers or with coaches to help you master the skills together and that would feel so like helpful. you're not alone
1: yeah no yeah. for sure that would be so helpful <laughs> awesome um, we'll definitely add that in the show notes as well All right. Awesome.
2: Well, it's been a pleasure, Leah. Do you have any other questions for me or any thoughts you'd like to share?
1: I don't think so. I think that was great. Thank you so much.
2: Yeah. Thank you. It's been great.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Talking Freelance with freelance expert Leah Myers. Each Monday, a new episode is released. You can find us on all major podcast networks and at TalkingFreelance.com. It is the mission of this podcast to support you to achieve success. The views and opinions expressed on the podcast are those of Leah Myers only and do not necessarily represent the opinions of Upwork. Leah Myers is not an employee of, nor does she receive any compensation from Upwork.